Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Please be seated. Well, Susanna wins the volunteer prize today for jumping in to go help out with the children. And, uh, Will, I'm sorry we cleaned out your family. So, uh, Caroline is an excellent surrogate mom. So, just if you need anything, you just call on her. Okay. <laughs> uh, today is an interesting reading because it's so practical. <clears throat> and it begins. By raising the question, what do you want in this life? What do you value? St. Paul compares this life to running a race with a prize at the end. What prize do you want? What are you running for? It matters what you want. If what you want is a successful life, with a great family and kids and good wife. That's all good, and I hope you have that. But if, if that's your highest goal, then uh, Paul says you need to look a little higher. <laughs> Those things will come to you if you're seeking for the higher things. As Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So, Let's take a moment to look at what St. Paul talks about. And I want you to remember something. St. Paul is always writing to Christians. Okay? Sometimes I think we read these letters and we think these are going to like the, uh, you know, the daily journal in Philippi. And everybody's reading them. Believers and unbelievers. No, they are b- being written to believers. So very often what we read as being a matter of salvation Paul is writing to saved people, and it's talking about a matter of sanctification. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, Let's go back a little into chapter 3, though. We're going to have to go there. Uh, And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation uh, because I think it makes it real clear real fast. Uh, Here Paul tells us exactly what he wants from this life. He begins by talking about his resume. Don't you love it when people talk about their resumes? And uh, everything he has to brag about. And there's a lot for Paul to brag about. But ultimately, he discovers that none of it matters. So let's look at verse 3, chapter 3, verse 7. I once thought these things, Paul's achievements, were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Paul is saying, my achievements are nothing compared to what Christ has achieved for me. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Remember, this is what Jesus says is eternal life. In John 17, 3, He says, eternal life is knowing the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. That's the life that Paul wants, okay? For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. 
Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. John Wimber wrote a book one time called The Way In is the Way On. The way in is faith. The way on is faith. It is a living, breathing thing every single day that we practice faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't believe Paul is saying here, I want to be saved. I think he knows he's saved. And he's talking to people who know they're saved. This is about something more. It's about a way of life. And I believe Paul is saying, I want to follow the way of Christ from this life into the next. I don't want to just get by with a ticket punched. I don't want to just get by like I had fire insurance and I'm still a little smoky when I get to heaven. I want to get by in the fullness of what Christ gives me. Okay? There are two ways to look at the Christian faith. One is, what's the bare minimum I have to do? <clears throat> the other is, what can I do? Paul is in the what can I do camp. What is the fullness of what I can do? What is the fullness of what sanctification can bring me in this life? I believe Paul is saying, I want to follow the way of Christ from this life into the next. I want to live by faith in Christ. By faith, I want to take hold of Christ and know him as my Savior and Lord. Not just in the future, today. Soren Kierkegaard, the Christian philosopher, once wrote a book entitled, Purity of Heart is to Will One Thing. Let me repeat that. Purity of Heart is to Will One Thing. If you get the title, you don't have to read the book, okay? <laughs> With all of the very distractions of this world, this is the key to running the race. Willing one thing, purity of heart. Do you go into the race worried about uh, all kinds of different things, or do you go in the race focused solely on running the race, achieving the goal? Uh, the same thing with worship every Sunday. Do you come into worship distracted by a hundred things? Did I turn off the oven? Uh, are the curlers are off? Uh, did we let the dog out? You know, on and on and on. Or God is present. Am I worshiping him? Now, Paul is telling us how to achieve in today's reading in Philippians how to will one thing. In this world of blinding distractions, how do I do it? Well, and how do I continue to will one thing until I finish this race and enjoy the prize for which I've run? Okay? Paul gives us some practical advice, how to finish well, what God has begun in us. God is working in us, and we are working it out. Okay? He's working in, and we are working out. It's called sanctification. All right? Don't compare yourself to others. Don't live in the past. Keep focused on your goal, and keep it simple. Don't become distracted, all right? Those are the things Paul tells us today. Now, let's take a, look, take a moment to look at each of these points. First of all, many of us constantly compare ourselves to others. And depending on who the person is, how much the person has, and how successful they may seem, once we make the comparison, we either feel worse or we feel better. I mean, but here's the truth. God is making you to be unique. 
He is not trying to make you like someone else. Or he doesn't want you to have what someone else has. If you're an apple and you're comparing yourself to an orange, then you're looking in the wrong direction. My, I'm more red than you are. Well, of course you are. You're an apple. (laughs) I'm an orange. (laughs) You're looking in the wrong direction. You see, comparisons are a trap because we cannot find happiness in this life as long as we carry in our hearts envy and jealousy. And our prayers will always be wrong-headed if we are constantly asking God to make us like someone he does not want us to be like. How often do you pray for God to help you be like something you covet? Or have something you covet? Or be like someone else? And God's like, I'm not going to answer that prayer because one, I don't want you to be that way. And two, I don't want you to have that. So you're, we're wasting our prayer. All right. In verse 12, Paul says, I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Paul is saying, I'm not perfect. I've not arrived. I'm a work in progress. But I hang in there by faith to become in God's time what God created and saved me to be. What each of us can know is that God created and saved us to be like his son, Jesus Christ. Scripture makes that very clear. He is the only true and reliable standard by which to measure our lives. Not and never other people. If you want to measure yourself, measure yourself by the fruit of the Spirit. Then the second thing Paul tells us is don't live in the past. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. We are products of our past, but we don't have to live there. Okay. Paul chose to learn from his mistakes and move forward. Most of us do, but some people get stuck in the past. Too, too many of us really choose to focus on the past and whether our past is good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, we need to know we can't live there. Some of us have not learned to leave the past behind, and so we keep it alive. And instead, we basically set up a tent and say, I think I'll just camp out right here, here and no further. But it doesn't matter if your past was full of good memories or bad memories. Living focused on the past is no good. Have you ever gone back to a reunion, high school or college, and the kings of the day were there and they're still living in the past? It's sad. It's a sad thing. And then people who hated high school or college, they're doing so well now, partly because they're not living in the past. (laughs) How about the person who still blames his or her parents and has never taken responsibility for their own lives? If you're either of those types, I challenge you to pull up stakes, tear down the tent, and move forward to the future God has planned for you. 
Think about when God called Abraham. He had to pull up the stakes and move on. Paul said, this is the one thing I do. I forget what lies behind and look forward to what lies ahead. If Satan has any desire for your life, I suspect it is to hold you as a prisoner of the past. Because Satan, that's all he has. He has no future. Revelation tells us that in the end, Satan will be thrown into the fiery pit for all eternity. He has no future, and he wants to take away your future as well and make you a prisoner of your past. But the good news is we have an option. Take what you want from yesterday, eat the meat, and leave the bones. Leave the rest behind. Move on to what God has in store for you today and tomorrow and the next day. In verses 15 and 16, Paul is telling us this. There is a time to grow up, and that time is now. Let us all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. We are moving forward. We are being sanctified in Christ. We do not stop. We do not go back. Okay. Paul made mistakes. He made huge mistakes. Do you know... He was responsible for Christians getting killed. And he could have been immobilized by regret and grief. But instead, he let God take him and use him and forgive him and move him forward. And that's true for each one of us as well. Paul is telling us to continue growing in maturity. And we do that by moving forward in the life God has prepared for us. And then he says, keep focused on your goal. You know, if you're running a race and you're always looking behind you to see how the other people are doing, you're going to stumble or you're going to let those people get ahead of you. As Paul describes this process of growth, he compares the Christian life to the race. And a race that is, if, he says it kind of like this. Uh, this is a race that has a starting line and it has a finish line, at which time he will be rewarded a prize, and you and I too. And that prize, what's the prize? The prize is Jesus Christ himself. Christ has taken hold of Paul and he's taken hold of you and me. And in that last moment, our prize is to take hold of Christ. As a result, Paul says to all of us, don't compare yourself to others. Don't look back. Keep pressing toward the goal. And finally, Paul leaves us with this reminder to keep it true and keep it simple. He was doing everything possible to protect the gospel message from those who are trying to change it. Okay? And he says this in 17 and 18, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. Who were these people? Well, in verse 2, Paul calls them dogs, evildoers. They were those who said grace is not enough. We are saved by faith through grace. They said, no, nope, you've got to add the law of Moses to that. You need to be circumcised. 
You need to watch what you eat. On and on and on. They basically were the Judaizers. You must add all of these things if you're going to realize salvation in Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying, no, you don't. That is a race you will never win because you will be running in the wrong direction. Keep it on the singular goal to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and follow him. Because as Paul explains in verses 20 and 21, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. I am so looking forward to that day using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. This is what Paul is living for. This is better than living your life for financial success or fame or popularity or anything else. As we run this race, we will be tempted to compare ourselves to others, to live in the past, to change our focus, and we will be tempted to embrace a false gospel. And when that happens, Paul is here to remind us, brothers and sisters, it ain't worth it. Everything else in this life is garbage compared to knowing Christ and the eternal life he offers us through faith in him. So we conclude this message with the words of St. Paul, 4 verse 1a. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord, because the Lord will always stay true to you, and he will be your prize, the only prize that lasts forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.